0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is a prayer that you listen. Your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. At the door. Praise the name of the Lord. If you're joining us for the first time, you've come um, towards the end of the series. Thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord, hearing the voice of God. And we started in part one um, by looking at God telling us to tune in. And in part two, we looked at the different channels. In part three, today, we are going to be looking at fine tuning. And in part four, next week, we are going to be looking at recognizing His voice. In part one, we explained we, and we broke down why we need to hear God for ourselves, why you need to hear God for yourself, why you don't need to depend on a prophet to hear God, you don't need to depend on a pastor or a life group leader, you can hear God for yourself. And we said that to hear. when I hear God for myself, it proves I'm a child of God, it, it protects me from mistakes, it produces success. And we explained that how to tune to God, to tune to God, um, to the Holy Spirit, because we used the parable of the sower, and we said the sower went around distributing and broadcasting seed, and we said to tune to God, we need to learn from the four different kinds of soils. The first soil is the wayside, so it's a narrow-minded, hard, compacted soil, So, and we said to tune to God, we have to be open-minded. We have to be open-minded. Then the second soil is the rocky soil. We said to tune to God, we need to create room. We need to create time to to hear God. And the the third soil was the soil with thorns. And we said to tune to God, we need to get rid of distractions. The tongues represent the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. All the, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, that takes us away from God. And we said the fourth way of tuning to God is to learn from the good soil, that is the willingness to obey God. And last week, we explained that God is broadcasting, and God doesn't broadcast on a single channel God broadcast on different channels. We use the radio as an illustration. God broadcast on different channels. And in the different channels God broadcast um, in, we looked at seven of, of those channels. And the first channel we looked at last week, we said God broadcast through the Bible, through His Word. The second channel God broadcast through is Ministry Gift. The third channel is Other Believers. The fourth channel is is creation. The fifth channel is pain. The sixth channel is silence. And the seventh channel God broadcasts through is what? Expressions of the Holy Spirit. And we said the expressions of the Holy Spirit, you know, some people say the Holy Spirit does not talk to people. Some people feel everything they they hear the Holy Spirit. And we said, those two extremes are dangerous. You know, we need to find God and stick with Him. And we said, we looked at like four expressions of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't exhaustive, but it was, I mean, sufficient. You know, the first one we looked at was dreams. God speaks to people through dreams. The second one we looked at was visions. God speaks to people through visions. The third one we looked at was impressions. God speaks to people through impressions. And the fourth one we looked at was the gentle whisper. God speaks to people with through a gentle whisper. So today, we, we explained last week that out of all the channels that God speaks through, there's a particular channel that requires fine-tuning, that God sometimes... When we don't, we are not hearing well. We need to fine tune to really hear well, and we use the radio as an illustration. And we we said that. Um, okay, this is a station. I don't know. Okay, worship. Maybe we should just leave it on the station. i <laughs> You can change the channel. Most channels are spiritual today, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) Now, the point is this. These voices we are hearing from these channels, they were not stored in this box. These voices we are hearing are actually present in this atmosphere. We just needed the right gadget to receive. And the fact that this gadget can receive, it doesn't receive automatically. We still needed to tune it. Right, and you notice some channels came in easily. Some channels we needed to fine tune to really hear clearly what they are saying. And the channel that we that needs a lot of fine tuning is the expression of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say expressions of the Holy Spirit, expressions of the Holy Spirit, and to fine tune the expressions and to get clarity. In, in the expressions of the Holy Spirit, we need to understand that when we come to prayer, when we come to fine-tune, when we come to hear God accurately, there are two things we need to contend with. Two main things we need to contend with. The first one is our commitments. The second one is our conscience. The two main things we need to contend with, we need to get over... Our commitment, our conscience, our commitments. for instance, when we decide to pray, does it happen to anybody? As soon as you decide to pray, you begin to remember things. The memo you need to write, the project you need to close out, um, the soup on the fire, the children's school fees that need to pay. It just comes, does it happen to anybody? Here, yeah. Am I the only one? Okay, fine. It happens to you too. Good. We are the same. <laughs> we are men of like passions. Now, it's it, it as if, and when you are not praying, you are even try to remember what can I do? And you, sometimes you don't remember what to do, but as soon as you want to pray, boom, 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 boom. Now, there are different ways to respond to that. The first way to respond to that is to ignore it. If you ignore it, you will discover that those things can be persistent. It will not go away. So, Don't ignore it. So what should I do, Pastor? The second way to respond to it is to shout louder than the voice that you are hearing. So people raise their voice in prayer. You think it's the Holy Ghost. No. They are trying to drown another voice. It doesn't work because the commitment also raises its voice. So there's a shouting match going on. The third way, which is the most effective way i've discovered to deal with this is take your ipad take a notebook the thoughts that are coming just write them down just write them down you see once you write them down you are saying to yourself i'm going to get back to okay fine i acknowledge that this is an issue and i'm going to sort it out but once you've written it down you are you move past it you are set free to tune the second challenge we are, you know, um, overcome. We have to overcome in, in tuning. It's our conscience. It's our conscience. As soon as you overcome the, your commitment barrier, you need to deal and overcome with your conscience because your conscience begins to, and the enemy prays on it a lot. He says to you, everybody's praying. You two, you are praying. I mean, I mean, look at yourself, really. You are this, you are that. You are that, you are this. You Ah, what, you are, you know, and is a master. And a lot of the time, you know, sometimes those things are true. So we feel guilty. We feel ashamed. They say you want to pray. Everybody's lifting up only hands. You too, you are lifting up holy hands. The fire burns your hand. And we withdraw. No wonder people don't like praying. Because who likes to be reminded of their sins and their shame and their shortcoming. Nobody. Nobody. So, the enemy comes and, and, and pricks our conscience and tries to make us unworthy. So, how do you overcome it? It's simple. Two things. Number one, if there's an issue, repent. Deal with it. The scripture says that when we confess our sins, it's faithful and it's just to what? Forgive us of our sins. And what? cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, once we confess our sins and the enemy brings it up, says, forgiven. He brings another one for forgiven. So, you are free to worship God. You are free. That's the first thing. I said two things, right? The second thing is that you need to remind yourself of God's unfailing love for you. He says to me, Femi, I have loved you with an everlasting love. What does everlasting love mean? For from Lila to Lila, you know, from everlasting, it does not expire. So the love I have for you, Oli Feminine, does not expire. I I Bask in that. I receive it. I, I, yes, I am, I am imperfect. But His love is perfect. Praise the name of the Lord. So, I receive His love. And it sets me free. And it gives me a free conscience. Why? Because those voices you are hearing that tells you about your limitations, that accuses you, they are not the voice of God. It is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the accuser of the brethren. Who is the accuser of the brethren? Satan is the accuser of the brethren. There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. I mean, that is not where we are going, so I need to go very quickly. Now, we've gotten rid of the challenges to fine-tuning. Now, let us learn how to fine-tune from two prophets in the Bible. One in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. Two prophets. We're going to learn from Habakkuk and we're going to learn from John. John the Baptist. Habakkuk and John. Let's start with John. Luke chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. The Word of God says in Luke 3, 1 and 2. It says, now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, Herod, being tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetract of Eturia, Itur- and the region of Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, Abilene, while Annas and Caiaphas were high priests, the word of God came to John the son of Zacharias in the wilderness. Everybody say in the wilderness. Let's go to Habakkuk. Habakkuk 2, 1, 2, 3. Habakkuk 2, 1, 2, 3. He says, I will climb up into my watchtower now and I will wait and see what he will say to me and how he will answer my questions. Then the Lord said to me, write the answer. Write my answer in large, clear letters so the runners can read it and tell everyone else, But these things I plan won't happen right away. Everyone says, slowly, steadily, but surely. The time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, wait patiently for it. It will surely take place. It will not be delayed. I mean, just off the bat, there's one thing about God's plans and God's promises God's plans and God's promises sometimes appear slow. Sometimes it's as, it's as if God is slow. But God is saying, even if it appears slow, do what? Wait for it. Wait for it. And God kind of uses contradictions, you know. He says, well, he says even though it is slow, it will not be delayed. I mean, I'm like, he uses contradictions. He says, my promises, they they may be slow. They may appear slow, but steadily and surely it will come to pass. I don't know what you're trusting God for this morning. I'm here to say to you, it's going to come to pass. Look, I have been, I've, 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 I've followed God for 20 years now. 20 years this August. I've been following Jesus. I can say to you. God is reliable. Totally reliable. It may appear slow. It may appear, just follow Jesus. By the time it turns around the captivity, you know, it will be it should be like them that dream. And even the, the period you have waited, you're like, I mean, it wasn't long after all. Say to your neighbor, wait on the Lord. So, to fine-tune, there there are six things I need to do to fine-tune that we can learn from these two prophets. There there, there are six things. The first thing, number one, to fine-tune in that frequency of the Holy Spirit, then there are six W's. The first W is want. Everybody say want. I must want to hear God. I must desire to hear God's voice. I must desire not only to hear his voice, but to do his will. Habakkuk said, I will climb up. I will. I will. I must want to. John the Baptist, he left normal human settlement and went to the wilderness. It's is born out of a desire. I want to. You won't hear God unless you want to hear God. You'll hear God unless you really want to hear God. David says in Psalm 85, verse 8, Psalm 85, verse 8, he says, I want to hear what God, the Lord, says. But it's more than hearing God. It is, Actually wanting to obey God. Obey God. Psalm 40 verse 8. Psalm 40 verse 8. It says, my God, I want to do what you want. You see, in that area of life that you are in a dilemma, you are in a fix. Whose will do you really want to do? Your will or God's will? I want to do what you want. We learned that God speaks to those who decide in advance to obey Him. God always speaks to the people that decide in advance to obey Him. He always does. Psalm 119, verse 20. Psalm 119, verse 20. The Word of God says that what I want most of all at all times it's to honor you, honor your law, and obey you. So it means that God's word is not an option to the people that hear God. You know, if you want to hear God, you cannot say, okay, God, talk to me, tell me what you have to say, then I will consider it amongst my other options, then I will decide what I really want to do. If that is how you want to deal with God, God will just ignore you. You can say, oh God, okay, fine. You know, let's, let's have your, your input on this matter. And, 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 you, and you think that God will give you his input and then you, you, mortal man, you will decide in your infinite wisdom at God's input as an, one of your options. No, 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 no. If you want to hear God, you must first of all Decide to obey God. Obeying God is not always very convenient, but the result is always very pleasant. So you must first decide to obey God. Deuteronomy 4.29 says, If you search for God with all your heart and soul, you will find God. If you search for him, how? With all your heart and soul. It's not okay. It's just one of those things that I need to consider. Oh, but you know, pastor, let's face reality. But if you seek for God, you will find God. Do you really want to hear God? Please ask your neighbor, do you really? Look at them in the eye, please. Indulge me. Do you really, 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 really Or is this just an option that you want to consider? So, to fine-tune, I must want to hear and obey. To fine-tune, number two, not only must I want, I must withdraw. I must withdraw. Get alone in a quiet place. Be alone with God. I must withdraw. You must learn. I mean, if you want to do these things I'm teaching you, your life, if you do them, your life will change totally. I can assure you. I must withdraw. Abba says, I will climb up into my watchtower. I will climb up. That means I'm leaving some things behind. John the Baptist He left the state politics. He left Caesar, Pontius Pilate, James his brother, and all the political maneuvering. He left even church politics. He left Annas. He left Saiaphas. Let them be playing in church politics. He went into the wilderness. He withdrew. You have to learn how to withdraw. So that you can hear God. Because you can't hear God's voice while you are surrounded with noise. You cannot hear God's voice while you are surrounded with noise. And the truth is, if you learn the art of withdrawing that I'm teaching you, if you learn the art of withdrawing, you, you will, it will be such that even when you are surrounded with noise, because you know how to quiet your soul to hear God, you are still able to hear God when you are surrounded with noise, but you will still have to be going back and be recharging. And, you know, for those of you that have, I mean, little children, you're like, oh, pastor, it's so difficult. I have, I have a child, and that child is always making noise. Oh, I have four children. Some of you, you have six children like my mother. You know, some of you are going to number 12. It's like you are racing. God bless you. More grace. I'm more anointing in Jesus' name. Say amen now. Ah, you don't want 12. <laughs> you know? I want to encourage you because there's a woman in Scripture, not in Scripture, in history, you know, called Susanna Wesley. Susanna Wesley had 24 children. And every day, she prayed at least one hour for all her children, her husband. Two of her, all of her children did well in life. Two of our children changed the face of Christianity. John Wesley, the Methodist Church, was founded by John Wesley, one of our children. Charles Wesley wrote hundreds of hymns. All, a lot of the hymns that we sing was written by him. Why? Because they had a mother that prayed. Now, how do you pray in a house with 24 children? See, the, the mothers are saying, hey! <laughs> because you already know the challenge that you're having with your two, with your One! With your 5? With your 12? How do you pray with 24? This is how the children say she does it. They say that when a time of prayer comes, she has this apron that, that their mom sits down, throws the apron over her head. And they said, once the apron is over her head, all the 24 children knows anybody that disturbs mom when she's praying is going to die. Not physical death, but they know that whoever tries it. So when mom throws apron over her head, what happens to the house? You see, you need to decide whether you are the one that will train your children or they are the ones that will train you. <laughs> Somebody will train the other. If you, if you don't train your children, by default, children they like to control. So they will train you, and they will train you very well. <laughs> so we say, Oh, oh, my daughter said, Oh, oh, my son said, Have you heard adults talking like that? Oh, my daughter says, Oh, she couldn't, she couldn't come early to church today. I'm like, oh, really? Who is training who? So she she, she does that, and everywhere. Goes quiet. The truth is, I really don't care how or where you do it. You must find a way to be alone with God. You must find a way. If you want to fine tune and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, you must find a way. You have to find a way. There was a time, I mean, some of you know that I actually went to a physical mountain (laughs) somewhere in the western part of this country, inside the jungle. Because I wanted to be alone with God. I didn't want, I did go there to meet anybody. Even though they were disturbing me, I was saying in the first place, I said, people were disturbing me. Some people go to those sort places to look for a prophet, to pray for them. Like, What's wrong with you? Why don't you just find God for yourself? <sighs> find a place where it's just you and God. Just you and God. Luke 5:16. The NIV says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and pray. If Jesus had to withdraw to lonely places and pray, often, often means it, it's a habit. He does it often. Then you and I have no excuse. Martin Luther um, said that he's too busy, his life is so busy that he must start his day with three hours of prayer. He says His life is too busy. Must. When I read this, I was like, yeah. He says his life is too busy. He must start his day with it. He cannot even afford not to. Jesus found time to be alone with God. You have to find time. No matter how busy you are, you have to find time. In Matthew 6, 6, Jesus is teaching us this principle here. He says, but when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut up the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees in private everything will reward you in the open. I like the way the MSG translation puts it. The MSG says, find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. Just be authentic before God. Since The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense His grace. You have to learn to be alone with God. The time you are born in, just... There's nothing wrong with movies. It's good to watch movies. But sometimes it takes a lot of time. Two hours. Oh, the, the two hours. It's a lot of time. Sometimes you just want to just hang out and just... Do nothing. Why don't you just block at that time and say, God, I'm going to sit before you as honestly and as, and as, how did the, uh, put it, as open, as I can manage, and I just want to be authentic with you. you will be shocked at what will happen. Because God loves you and He cares about you. The details. So, for me to fine tune, number one, the first W is I must want to be, to hear God's voice and obey Him. Number two, I must must withdraw. I must withdraw. Number three, I must wait. After withdrawing, I must wait. I must calm my thoughts and my emotions. I must calm my raging Imaginations and thoughts and wait on God. Habakkuk said, I will wait on, on you. John the Baptist, in the wilderness, you don't really have much choice but to wait on God. All Everything that is going to take your attention is out. You have to wait on God. In fact, the NIV of, of, of um. The, the, the scripture in Habakkuk says, I will station myself. And that word station, There means to stay put, not to move. I will calm down. Everybody say, calm down. I will calm down. I will be still until I hear from God I am not moving. Wow. Someone said that hurry is the death of prayer. Hurry is the death of prayer. Hurry is the death of prayer. We are, Every time we're in a hurry. We are in a hurry. It's time to pray. The father calls his wife and says, oh, maybe it's time to pray. The wife says, ah, you know, I have to be in the market too. So make this thing fast. This is not uh, uh, that video we are doing. <laughs> Just... Back, 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 let's move on. <laughs> or the, the wife says to your husband, Oh baby, it's morning, let's pray, let's let's just worship Jesus. And you say that, um prayer. You know, just mention the point and let's move on. You know, you we, we want to just hurry. We want to hurry. Why is it that when you hold that remote control, there's no hurry? When we start putting priority to God's, on God's presence, hearing God will be effortless. Effortless. It will be like the air you breathe. Totally. Because God speaks to people who take the time to listen. God speaks to people who take the time to listen. Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46 verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. And when we are still, God is able to speak to us. He's able to breathe upon us. Things happen that takes us higher in God. But sometimes, even while we are getting that flow... We get ruffled because we are humans. We get ruffled. We, we get ruffled by something can, can be an anxiety that throws you off. Or it can be anger that just triggers you off and takes you off course. Or you are struggling to be still. How do you attain it? How do you attain that place of oneness with the Spirit of God in the place of waiting and, and, and stilling, being still? I'm going to share three ways I do it. And if you deploy these three ways, they will help you. The first thing I do, the first way is that I calm down and I regurgitate the word. I, I regurgitate the word. I, I speak the word of God. I confess the word if you will. And I just recite them, I just recite them. You can say, okay, pastor, I don't know all those scriptures by heart. You can write them down. You know, many times I give you scriptures written down. Just write, just read them. Just speak them over yourself. Just read them. Just read them. Just read them. them. In fact, sometimes I read scriptures in Yoruba deliberately to engage my mind and focus my mind. Because I think in English... You know, I didn't start speaking Yoruba until I was almost a teenager. Some people are surprised. Yeah. So I think in English. So I learned Yoruba when my grandmother moved into the house and says that anybody that doesn't speak, if you speak Yoruba, you get extra piece of meat. Guess what happened? We all spoke Yoruba, I think in one week. (laughs) Extra piece of meat? Ah. We spoke it, too. <laughs> anyway, sometimes I, I take scriptures and, and I, I, can, I, can, I can recite a lot of whole chapters in Yoruba. Whole chapters of the Bible. Just mention a chapter and I'll tell you, Yoruba. <laughs> I'm joking. Don't try it. I could take Psalm 19 that we read last week. And I could go on and on and on and on. I'm doing that deliberately because I am bringing my mind to focus. I'm, 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 and and I'm, I'm thinking about those words. They are beautiful words. They talk about my God, His glory, His awesomeness. This still becomes easy. first thing I do. Another thing I do is I sing. The Holy Spirit is a singing spirit. Have you noticed sometimes you just wake up with a song? The Holy Spirit is a singing spirit. Sometimes I get behind the keyboard, I I play a little bit of the keyboard, and and I just begin to play. I just begin to play. And, you know, it's, it's just ushers you in the hand of the Lord comes upon you a similar thing happened to um, Elisha in 2 Kings 3 the king of Israel the son of of, um, Jezebel needed to fight with the Moabites because after um, um, Ahab died his father the Moabites stopped paying tribute to Israel. So he, he was like, no, you need to fight them. So he called the king of Judah, Jehoshaphat, and they called um, the king of Edom. So three of them now went to fight the king of Moab. Now, while they were going, it was a long journey and and they didn't have water and they knew that the Moabites we attacked them and their soldiers were thirsty, they were starving and all that stuff and the, the king says we are in trouble and Jehoshaphat said, somebody said, is there not a prophet here? There's Elisha that poured water on the hands of Elijah. Let's call him. So Jehoshaphat used its influence and got Elisha to show up. And Elisha came and got there. And as soon as Elisha saw the son of Jezebel, he got angry. He says, useless king, why don't you call your, your the prophet of your mother to come and prophesy for you? I wish we have prophets like that today more and more, we are going to have them. So, but, and, 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 and um, the king of Israel was like, hey, don't be angry now. And Josaphat was like, because of me. And Elisha said, if not because of Josaphat, I will not even ask the Lord for you. So, he tried to, to get a word, nothing, because his anger threw him off. And Elisha said, because he knows this, Get me a minstrel, verse 13 to 15. Get me a minstrel. And he got to me, a minstrel is just a musician. And the Bible says, as the minstrel began to play, the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha, And it says, thus says the Lord. Whoa! You will not see rain, you will not see dew. Yet the ditches will be filled with water. And went on and on and on and on. What am I saying? Music is powerful. Music is one of the, sh- yeah, I don't like sing, using that word shortcut, but it, permit me to use shortcut. Music is one of the shortest cuts to the spiritual realm. Very powerful. So I sing to the Lord. Lord, I thirst for you. And I long to be in your presence. My soul will wait on you. Father, draw me there. Draw me to the beauty of Wait on You, I will. Oh, my, in the beauty of Your holiness, and I will worship You, mighty God. Yes. Or sometimes I sing a song in Yoruba that will force me to think and focus on the Holy Spirit. not to hurry, how to just sit with God. You don't need to, nothing, just sit with God and focus on God. You'll be shocked at how much progress you will make, not only spiritually, even in your life. The things you've been struggling with, all of a sudden, you just get the answers. So that's the second thing I do. The waiting, the third thing I do is I kind of combine the first two with speaking in tongues. What 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 do I mean? No, I get a scripture. Any scripture. Let's say if the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that same spirit will quicken your mortal body. I I just take that scripture and I focus on it. Then I play, maybe, praise and worship from God's to service. Friday night, praise and worship. How many of you know that? That is, I'm asking for fire right there. <laughs> it's playing on my computer. I'm focused on that scripture and I'm praying in tongues. Focused on that scripture. Boom. So waiting on God becomes beautiful becomes beautiful To fine tune number 1 I must what's the first w I must want to hear number 2 what second w I must withdraw number 3 I must wait number 4 after waiting I must watch I must watch Abakuk said I will look to see what He will say to me. I mean, when I read those kinds of books, why look to see what He will say? Why not listen to what He will say? I will look to see what He will say. You, don't, you know why He said I will look to see? It's simple, because everybody that works with God knows this. God sometimes speaks with visuals. Some God speaks with images sometimes. it, it just shows you, if, if, a great impression, and, and you can see it. Now, if, if CNN can broadcast from Washington and to satellite and distribute to all distributing satellite com, com, companies like CNN and the others, and they can now send it to our homes, if CNN can do that, don't you think God, the God of heaven, can give you a picture of your future? is not, I'm not, it's not, you see, if, you, if you see this like that, it's actually easy. It's not, it's not something that is so, so hard. If it's so easy for man, it's even easier for God. It's so beautiful. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Uzziah, they all saw visions, pictures, images. David, obviously. Peter, Paul, Mary, John, New Testament, they all saw, Ananias, they all saw, in Psalm 73, verse 16 to 17, Psalm 73, verse 16 to 17, this was someone that was really confused about the world and about how come rich people, that, uh, wicked people are rich, good people are poor, and those kind of things. And he said, when I tried to figure it all out, all I got was a splitting headache. When you try to figure your life out, maybe you're in such a mess, you're in such a trouble, so so much trouble, and you're trying to figure it out, you will just give yourself a headache. But it says, but when I entered the church, when I came to church, when I entered the sanctuary of God, then I saw the whole picture. God shows us the whole picture in his presence. So ask God for something specific, even right now. Ask him, write it down. What is that thing that will take you to the next level? What's, what's, just ask God. What is that riddle you need to solve? Ask Him and watch Him answer you. James 1 5 to 6 says, If you want to know what God wants you to do, He says, ask Him. And he will gladly tell you. Gladly. For he is always ready to give a bountiful supply of wisdom to all who ask him. But when you ask him, be what? Be sure that you really expect him to tell you. Sometimes we ask God, we, really, we are not really sure we want to hear the answer. Since when you ask him, be sure that you really expect him. To, so he just speaks to us, he shows us, gives us dreams, shows us visions, shows us impressions, shows us, uh, gives us gentle whispers. Sometimes it's not even in the place of prayer. You finish praying, you really didn't get a word, quote and unquote, but you, are, you trust God. You are going and maybe you are driving and boom, God speaks to you. Or maybe you are just washing the plates and boom, God speaks to you. So it's a fellowship that you have to keep Open. And number five, after you watching, you write. Everybody say, Write. You write, you record the ideas you receive. You record the ideas you receive. Abacok chapter 2, verse 2. It says, The Lord gave me this answer. Write down clearly what I reveal. So I suggest take notes. What God is telling you. Write it on your on your tablets, on your smartphones. But because those devices can actually get a lot of people just write notes and they are everywhere, you know. If you, if you have there are a lot of good organizing tools, apps, Evernote, right? It's it's, it's pretty good. And um, there's one I use; I don't even remember the name, but it's, it's pretty good. You know, not just the normal text pad that like you just write stuff there. And you don't know this actually organizes your stuff. Or if you want to go old school, just get a, a hardcover notebook. And just do two columns. What God, what I said, what God said. This is the question I asked. This is the answer God gave. For instance, taking this land to God. How do we take this land? How do we take this land? God's saying, go there and take. So I came here and I I took (laughs) the land. This land is in my prayer room in the house. Months before we got this land, I had it in my prayer room, so I could see it, and I could take it to God, and I could say, Father, we take possession of this place in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And, I, and I, that was going on and going on and going on. Build an altar on it. Going on and going on and going on. Then what do I do? Then this is what you do next. Boom. Did it. This is what you do next. Boom, did it. This is what some people are saying. This is what you have to do. Boom, did it. Then after a while, we are on the land. Everybody is rejoicing. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> what I'm saying is this: You can, and God wants to hear you. God wants to deliver your future to you. You need. If you do these things, your life will change totally. Totally. So, number one, for me to fine-tune, number one, I must want to do it. Number two, I must withdraw. Number three, I must wait. Number four, I must watch. Number five, I must write. And number six, finally, I must worship. Thank God for speaking to you. Habakkuk 3.5, 3.2 says, Oh Lord, now I have heard your reports and I worship you in awe. You see, when you receive a response from God and you, and you ask God a question, it tells you you love him more. I mean, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. I can't tell you, you see, I, which is why, you know, when people give testimonies, it never gets old. It never, never gets old. Someone said that maybe when, when the service, God gave me a word of knowledge that nobody could have known. And someone comes and gives a testimony. I'm like, God. So it was really used. That I didn't know, but I mean, I was, do you understand? I, I mean, it's exciting to follow God. Totally exciting. Totally. So to fine tune, I must want, I must withdraw, I must wait, I must watch, I must write, and I must worship. All these things are possible because I know God. You cannot do all these things if you don't know God. You can't hear God until you know God. Sometimes many of us, we just recognize that God exists. Sometimes we move from recognition to acquaintance. We kind of know about him. But God wants you to know him. God wants to be your friend. And that's the the whole idea of hearing God anyway. The whole idea of hearing God is so that there's communication. You can talk to Him; He can, you know, talk to you back. You can know His mind. You can share your mind, and you are friends. Friends that don't talk can they be friends for long? They can't be. Husbands and wives that don't talk, that marriage is going to be very us. You have to talk to God. But for you to talk to God, you have to know God. So I want to pray for you this morning. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. I want to pray for you this morning. You're like, Pastor, I want to hear God, but I don't know God. I want to know God today. Or you're saying, Pastor, I used to know God. But today, things have happened, Pastor. Things have happened. But I want to come back. I want to come back to knowing God. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. You don't need to come forward. That is me, Pastor. I want to pray with you. Put up your hand now over your head, quickly, and I'll pray with you. I want to hear God, but I need to know God. God bless you. My brother, put up your hand. Well, God bless you. God you, God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. God bless you. I want to know God. Oh, I used to know God now, Pastor. I used to know God, but, you know, I don't hear God anymore. But I want to hear God again. Put up a hand over your head. I will pray. The rest of us, let's just talk to God. Bring that question before God. Bring that issue before God. God bless you. You want to put a foot up your hand, put up your hand now, over your head. Bring that issue before God. Once you have the card, you can put on your hand. Bring that issue before God and just talk to Him. Let me close to you never let me go I lay it all down again to hear you say that I'm a friend you are my No one else will do. No one else will do. Nothing else can take your place. Nothing else can take your place. back to you, Lord, even those that are coming to you are new. they want to hear you, but they need to know you, but they've come to know you, Lord, we ask that you open yourself to them, draw them closer unto yourself, cleanse them totally, and change their lives, Lord, we pray for everyone that has put up a question, a request before you, today we ask that you speak to us. In ways we will know you have spoken to us. Honor and glory we give her to you. In Jesus' matchless name, we have prayed. Amen.